Hello, comrades. Welcome to the Renaissance Life, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of creativity, mastery, and a meaningful life. I am your podcaster in crime, Josh Wagner. Thank you for listening today and checking us out if you're new. I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet. Today's podcast is a conversation between me and Justin Butts uh, at mute on M U T E zero in on Instagram. He is a incredible artist, muralist, etc. If you're not following Justin on Instagram, you are missing out. Definitely check him out there. And of course, I'll link to him and everything else that we talk about in this conversation in the show notes. It's been a while since I posted a podcast and I've been on a bit of a hiatus. I won't get into the specifics right now. I'll create a separate episode on why if you're curious. But I plan on double double downing. Double downing? <laughs> I plan on doubling down on podcasting this year. I've got some great interviews lined up, including this one with Justin. So yeah, that's all I got. I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you have any feedback for me and the podcast or the blog, renaissancelife.com, you can email me at feedback at renaissancelife.com. Last thing, if you want to support the podcast and support Renaissance Life, you can leave a review on Apple Podcast. That's a great free way to support the show, support what I'm doing. And subscribe to wherever you enjoy listening to your podcast, be it Overcast, Spotify. I always want to say Shopify. Spotify, Apple Podcast. You know, you name it. All the good ones. Another free way to support the show is to share this interview with a friend. And, well, alrighty. Well, now, please enjoy this interview with Justin. Thank you. Justin, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on here. I appreciate you doing it in your house, too. Yeah, yeah. Comfy. So when you're in a place that uh, people don't know you and you get that infamous question, so what do you do? Uh, what's your typical response to that? Working artist. Artist is so broad and like so many people claim to be an artist, but I'm actually working so and full time. So It makes a lot of sense because it implies that you do it for a living versus something on the side, like a, like a hobby. Yeah, definitely. And it's an odd thing to say you do for a living. I yeah. feel <laughs> uh, get a lot of responses. Um, what's what's a typical response? Depends on the age of the person and I guess what their career is. Age is interesting. Yeah, it's a funny one uh, when you're if you're like meeting someone you're dating's parents. <laughs> like, ah, oh, you make a living from that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, working on it. I, I want to get into art. That's probably what we'll talk about the most. But before we do, I'd love to start with running. Um, what got you into running? That's interesting. Yeah, I think that I sometimes have some self-destructive habits. And I just started running. And it kind of took place of those more positive thing. Mm. Uh, Was there a particular incident that got you into it? Or, or a friend that got you into it? No. I, I had gained a little weight in my when I turned you know age thirty to thirty one. I can't. I just you know you lose your metabolism a little bit and put on a good amount of weight. Um, then just started exercising and working out, and then 
discovered running as I lost some weight. And uh, I think I, one particular moment, I was running a lot. I had just gotten to like the 10K mark, which is like six, a little over six mm -hmm. miles. And I was running one day, just going through some stuff. And uh, it, I remember it because I was like, hit like seven miles and that was like the most I've ever run at that point. And uh, it had like a spiritual moment. And it was like the day after Burt Reynolds died. Uh, and yeah. this, I was running like, I ran off the um, river walk going to St. Elmo. And like I was running down that road in this car that, Burt Reynolds drives in Smokey and the Bandit. It's like a T-bird with like a, a bird on the front, black and gold, really sick car. It drove by and uh, I was like, I just yelled, Burr! <laughs> and the guy in the car like raised his hand out and fellow fan, hang yeah. loose. <laughs> and uh, still not sure if that was real or if I was like driven <laughs> from running so far at that time. But Wow, that's great. I was like, I love running at that moment. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Since then, I've run the farthest I've run now is like 18 miles. Wow, and, cool! Uh, signed up for my first ultra, which is the shortest ultra, 30 miles, but still gonna be pretty crazy. Ran my second half marathon over the weekend, and I was happy with that. And this is all trail. Mm -hmm. um, I ran a 218, which was I was happy with that. Did I see that you also did a triathlon yeah, this yeah. year? My first triathlon. It was an Olympic try, so figured I'd do the shortest for the first one. That was rough because I rolled my ankle on the first, on my first half marathon, pretty terribly, and mm -hmm. then was coming back from that. I haven't even been running a year, so wow. Okay, um, I started running last into September. Super impressive. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I've been. <laughs> people said I'm doing pretty good for the time. Uh, I ran my first under six minute mile, which I don't even know how the last week I ran a 545 and yeah, that was on awesome. like my fourth mile on a trail. Just been feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, good day. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And the try was fun. I wanted to get under an hour 30 and I did a hour 13. So that was good. What did you find the hardest part about doing it? The triathlon? Uh, swimming. I'm not a swimmer. It's and it's just an element. I'm, it's easy to freak out in mm -hmm. and be uncomfortable because you know you get in the in the sh can I cuss? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you get in the shit on uh, land, you know you can just sit down or lay down or whatever in the water. You're just yeah. yeah, you're literally <laughs> in the water. <laughs> it's a weird one, um, but it wasn't too bad. I was really surprised with my time because it was a uh, but it was downstream and like. You swim 0.2 miles, then you run, or then you bike 12, and then you run a 5K. So, do you have any thoughts on the the mental aspect to running, like the good and the the mental battles of doing something like that long distance? I think that it's mostly mental. I mean, definitely physical. You have to train and get get to that, but you have to have a lot of fortitude and uh, willpower, and I like that. I mean, I've been through a lot in my life, so I think that I feel like I can have the mental capacity to run a hundred a hundred miles eventually. Are you listening to anything while you're while you're running? Uh, I Music, didn't on this last half. Okay, um, mostly because I forgot my headphones. But <laughs> you know, gotcha. I like that. I don't need it. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It definitely helps. I mean, you know, a song comes on and gives you a boost. What does your training look like as you're training for this? 
Well, since so I rolled Ultra. my ankle and then I didn't run. I just trained for that try. Um, mm-hmm. I had to take about a week off completely on my ankle, and then I slowly. I only did like three to four miles on road to get ready for the try because I didn't see the point in pushing it until because I, I was only running a five k in that. So after that, I slowly started building back up. Mm-hmm. So this last, this 13 miles was the most I've run since I've rolled my ankle. So the build back up on the way to the ultra is, I'm at about 25 to 30 miles a week right now. Okay. Anywhere from four to five days running a week. A couple four mile runs um, at like 80% and then a long run and then one like medium run. And then uh, I want to at least try to do a 20 a little over 20 mile before like a month out yeah. from the ultra just to have that confidence it's gonna be hard yeah. it's gonna be really hard <laughs> challenging yeah it's like 3500 feet of climb in this thing so oh sweet yeah that's what gets you yeah <laughs> if you don't train for the climbs you know it's not like running a straight road race it's it's pretty rough I'm <laughs> i'd love to uh talk about um where you were before you became a working artist uh where you were um physically but also like mentally or, or you know what what were you doing before before that so that's a, a long road yeah yeah i think it's funny that people on social media think that you're just like there that you were just you know overnight success you know, yeah but it's never that even you look at super you know super famous actors or whatever they had times where they struggled mm-hmm. and you know drove cars without ac and gave themselves their own haircut stuff, you know? <laughs> so, so to speak you gotta go through it uh i don't know i had my first show when i was 18 i'm 32 now and i've been full-time for three years now so that's 14 years in the game uh i think i started really going after it around 24 25 i uh, worked in k- mostly kitchens throughout that time managed a warehouse for a bit an really? organic food warehouse in birmingham for a while that was that was fun that was a crazy time uh mostly because the owner was pretty crazy oh yeah yeah and uh yeah that was like a wake up at like be there at 5 a.m sometimes work until 10 at night wow okay Uh, yeah it's pretty crazy were you also doing art at this time as well yeah always doing it um it was always like an escape and then also like i felt like this is my way out of all of this i don't like working for people (laughs) yeah I don't. I just don't know if I like the lack of control. Yeah. Um, even if everything sucks and it's all your fault, I, I prefer that over somebody necessarily telling me exactly what to do. Yeah, and then like uh, just things that are so obvious that people won't won't change right. to better a situation. It, it has to stay exactly how it is because that's it's yeah. working that way. So why why change it? Yeah. So your first show. Tell me about that. You said you're 18. Yeah, I uh, was um, a doodler, and I'd make stuff for my friends in high school and, like, after that. And uh, I was just out of high school. So um, it's, like, my first serious girlfriend entered me in this thing in Birmingham called Art Walk, and uh, she didn't tell me. (laughs) And then she just showed me that I got accepted, so that was pretty crazy. (laughs) And that was, was like, I was the youngest person in in Art Walk that year. And I sold like a painting for 450 bucks and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know people wow. would buy this yeah. stuff, especially for that. That's a good uh, validation. Yeah. yeah. 
So I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to keep... Uh, my stuff was so different. It's pretty bonkers how much my work's evolved from then. What was your early influences with that? I don't think I had any influences. I wasn't like really looking at art at all. Mm -hmm. I didn't discover like juxtapose or high fructose and stuff until I was like four years into making stuff. Okay. And uh, I didn't even know. I think I saw, I didn't know what lowbrow was. I knew all the like. For those of the people that don't know, could you explain lowbrow? Uh, uh, lowbrow is just, I don't know. So there's fine art right. and high end art and what people consider that. And then lowbrow is, I guess, more, I don't know how to explain it. That's a good I, question. It's like street uh, in a way or. Yeah. Um, more figurative. Underground. Uh, some maybe has some cartoonish aspects. Right. Uh, but also considered. You know, it can also. I watched this movie, Beautiful Losers, and I, and it showed me that lowbrow could also be fine art, and be in the realm mm -hmm. as as galleries and stuff like that as fine artists. I don't think um, I've seen that movie. Um, great movie, great movie. Have if to you check need it out. Inspiration. Um, Beautiful Losers. Yeah, uh, killer. It's just a documentary mm -hmm. about this. Um, gallery that was started in new york and was showing all these lowbrow artists and then just slowly became exploded uh and like there are a bunch of big names out of it like uh ed templeton and yeah. barry mcgee uh kilgallen she was awesome um uh just like a bunch of crazy people uh you probably recognize a bunch of them uh harmony corinne's in there we were talking oh, yeah. about him uh yeah, but they just, it was pretty crazy because they came from nothing and then they were, you know, mm -hmm. Ed Templeton's huge. I could see some some of your work having uh, that like 30s-esque Disneyan kind of style, uh, him and his, his friends, those early days of uh, Disney approach. I'm sure you get that so, so frequently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely was influenced by all that. Not not everything you do. Just there's just like little like sprinkles of it. Uh, yeah, like maybe hands and yeah, some of the ways the characters are posed. Um, yeah, I was like I remember I was uh, probably my oldest memory of making art was there was a huge blizzard in Birmingham in '93, and I was five, and um. I had to stay with my grandparents and my mom, my grandmother always, she was a, a creative type, a writer and like a, she draws a pencil and she had all these old Disney books like that. And she was like, we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to draw. Oh, nice. And, uh, we sat down and I drew, um, Pluto and, uh, I need to find that. I definitely think she probably still has it, but that's probably the first time I remember making anything or drawing and uh, feeling good about it. She was really uh, encouraging. It sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, do you recall any uh, other lessons that you've learned from her? Uh, not directly, but yeah, just my 
mom's parents, uh, both my sets of grandparents, but specifically them, like my mom's parents, she's, they're just, they're in their 80s and they're mm-hmm. still rocking hustlers. I mean, they, my grandpa's a mayor of a town. Uh, he's been a mayor since I was 13 um, of that nice. city. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's only been run against once, but unopposed all of those which is pretty crazy <laughs> yeah uh and it's like a city of like sixty thousand people so pretty impressive and then she's always re- been a writer for the newspaper and then also wrote had a few books published and uh oh, that's fantastic yeah what what type of writing does she do she does a lot of poems okay and then historical mm-hmm. yeah she wrote like this insane book that's like I would say it's like over a thousand pages on the history of the city that my grandfather is a mayor of. That's, that's <laughs> epic. And that was published. And then she also has like a book of poetry. So it's published. So you said you've been doing this for almost uh, uh, over 14 years. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy. Cause I'm 32 and it's weird to think when you hit that age where you've been doing something half your life, uh-huh. almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Um, what were some of the early, if any, uh, creative struggles that you had to go through or overcome? Hmm. Creative struggle. I don't know. I don't think that create, I think creatively I've always been pretty, even if I, I guess you, you get kind of writer's block in a way sometimes, but the way you get through that is just keep, just keep doing it. Uh, yeah. Just made piles and piles of crap in my opinion uh <laughs> and i don't know i'm pretty prolific i think I, I draw every day i maybe make a painting to three paintings a week is that something you intentionally do you no draw every day or is it just a habit that you've grown over the uh over the years a habit now yeah and uh not even anything i think about mm-hmm. just when I feel it, do it. Um, and now that it's a job, uh, it's an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to do graphic work or, yeah, that's a big one lately. Illustrations for graphics. Um, that's been fun. Labels and stuff. Um, I think that was a struggle the second year. Um, starting to like hate art. Ah. Because it was an escape, and then it became a job, a financial thing, and I felt right. like I was everything I was doing was to make a buck or to please someone, and that was not a good feeling. Um, so I, I I had to really find a balance. Um, I, I think running helped me a lot with like I don't know. Was it? Do you think it was finding a new? outlet to like a therapeutic yeah 100 percent. finding something that wasn't for anyone and was just for me yeah was essential yeah sweet um related to that i'm curious uh do you have any advice for anyone going through some sort of life or creative struggle right now hmm especially somebody who's wanting to pursue to be an artist working artist yeah it's hard man uh it's a really saturated market right now I feel really lucky that I've gotten, or not, I mean, lucky and also 
I've put in the work for sure. Um, yeah. You have to you have to work at it. It's not going to come for free. You know. It's a constant thing. You can't be lazy, um, and you can't just think your work's going to sell itself. So, you know, there's a I always refer to this poem by uh, Bukowski um, called "So You Want to Be a Writer." And uh, if if you want to be follow anything you feel passionate about, read that poem because uh, that's how you should feel about it. So you want to be a writer, okay? Yeah, I have it. I could probably find it somewhere. Maybe it's in this book. I don't know. Yeah, but I can read it if it's in here. The practices that you've you've cultivated over the years and the, the consistency. Um, what does a, like a typical day or or work week look like for you? Like, how do you balance uh, drawing, painting? You do mural work. I'm curious, what your typical work week looks like? Uh insane because <laughs> on top of that I'm also training for that ultra so it's, right and then also trying to balance you know friendships and you know you know dating <laughs> uh, I'd love to get into that if you're open to it uh, talking about friendships uh, in particular um, so seems like uh, this is anecdotally but it seems like uh a lot of people nowadays, particularly in the, the internet days, um, they're all striving towards something, whatever that dream looks like. Mm -hmm. And with that uh, pursuit comes um, a lot of work that needs to get done uh, naturally. And that can take away some time that you would normally spend with people that you love spending time with. So I'm curious your, your thoughts on friendship and creating balance between work and um to me friendships are really important um and i make it work i think it's um i don't know i f i feel like i really hit a stride in the, this third year of finding balance with all that um obviously i gave up a little sleep um to do so but I think it's worth it to me right now. Um, but I just try to, even if it's just texting or, you know, uh, you just, just try to stay in touch mm -hmm. and hang out when you can. I think everyone's busy, so it's important not to take anything personal. Yeah. Um, and as long as someone's, you have that communication of, you know, that you can't make something or you you might not have time for it it's fine uh um but i don't know i need friends it's important to me um i think being an artist can be a pretty lonely thing when you're spending 80 percent of your time alone um so yeah it's an interesting thing um yeah uh single again so that that's an that's another one yeah 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 it is it is hard to balance a relationship for sure if that person's not understanding of like how much time it takes to make to do what you're doing right actually takes mm -hmm. and uh but i try to let i let people know that my career right now is pretty uh 
pretty important to me and it's at a very um big crossroads as far as i really need to grind it out right now because i'm you know why the iron's hot right uh, yeah mm -hmm. um i'm curious uh when you sit down to draw or paint do you have an idea of what you're going to do beforehand or are you uh, doing it on the fly uh depends on what it's for uh -huh. um if you know if it's for something they usually give me um i like when someone gives me a list as far as illustrations and then i can draw all that a list and, and that's in, fun uh typically maybe like... of objects of things okay. yeah. uh, that they want incorporated um if it's a business that's easy you know whether it be a coffee or bike or whatever shop mm -hmm. um you know i can do that easy uh i think it's interesting to as as you go have i like being challenged as far as having to draw things i've never drawn before um i i've been lucky that i've met a lot of good influences as far as meeting people who've taught me things like uh my friend brooks in austin uh little things like that really helped boost my career like i went so uh he is someone i met through instagram uh in the earlier days of instagram he was like liking all my stuff he's an amazing uh street artist in austin and i was like dude i love your work he was like come out and see me so never talked on the phone nothing flew out to austin he picked me up at the airport hung out with him i helped helped him paint some murals around austin and then just kind of hung out with him for a week and and just watched what he does and he would just sit in the morning and just draw stuff that he had never drawn before just like pages of it for that whole week he's like this week i'm gonna draw cars just draw cars every morning interesting like hundreds of them and i was like dang this is how you get good yeah at your craft um i don't know that was that's so, a great lesson yeah yeah you know that's that's something that he does that's awesome yeah he wasn't like you need to do this or anything he yeah was like, yeah Austin's great. Uh, I love Austin. It's it reminds me of Chattanooga a lot. It's like a bigger version. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that city. That city's been really good to me. I've been able to paint a lot out there since then. I think that was like twenty thirteen or fourteen when I went out and saw him. And since then, I, I've done three South by Southwests and nice painted five food trucks and uh, had some shows out there. So uh, speaking of influences what are some other lessons that you've learned from other uh people that have mentored you along the way or have shown you different things when i was 18 i was hanging out with a a pretty um well-known artist in birmingham and he was i'm, I'm not i guess mentoring i don't know if people i don't know i just kind of like pay attention to what yeah. people do and uh his name is uh paul wilm and he's an awesome artist he's a good amount i was 18 i think he was maybe 30 something when i was 18 um but i'd hang out with him and he and just watch him and draw with him and he all these people that i looked up to were really prolific and were doing it all the time and uh i think i took a lot of that like i need to be doing this all the time <laughs> yeah that's a good one i was like 
how do you get good at something? You practice it constantly. And challenge yourself. Yeah. If you were to start from scratch today, you'd start over with Instagram. You had to start over with your work. Uh, maybe you didn't even know know how to how to do something. How would you go about like learning painting today, for example, and cultivating a, a work around it? Huh. I don't think social media would even be a thought. Um, no, not for starting anything. Yeah, me. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I don't know. I wouldn't think about. I don't know. I just wouldn't think about social media. Me- meaning, you wouldn't think about selling and putting yourself out there. I wouldn't first. think of selling something for years, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm kind of More baffled like by the crowd of people who have been drawing a week and start an art Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So if you say if you were you were learning uh, a new skill uh, today, where where would you start? Like, what's your what's your learning process look like? Um. Well, I am going to start a new skill, which I'm pretty excited about ceramics. Right. So my first thing is to, luckily, I'm going to have a lesson from a really talented person, um, Jesse Bean, a super talented, awesome, creative person, and. So that's going to help that someone's going to yeah. teach me. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it's better than that. Like Yeah, yeah. Having direct. Uh, yeah. If you don't have any direction with painting and art uh, specifically, I probably spent thousands upon thousands of dollars on materials, figuring out what works for me um, and what what paint, what brushes how to use the brushes, how to use the paint, what canvas I like. Do I like canvas or do I like wood or, you know, what mediums? Uh, It's a lot. Um, People hit me up and ask me what I use and whatnot, and i kind of reluctant to tell people. I do, you know, occasionally tell people the paint I use, but I think it's a real – some of the aspects I don't like about social media. I don't know. I think for me art – has the word has become really broad and watered down and and i always looked up to people that spent years on their craft and coming you know it's about figuring out your own process um and it's not like it's in you deep dude it's like i don't even know how to explain it i had a moment when i was painting in my apartment in birmingham when i realized like holy crap this is why I'm here or that moment of realization of purpose and just like weeped as I was painting this painting. And I have never felt like that doing anything else, maybe running. (laughs) And, uh, so it's just like, I don't know if there wasn't social media or any of that shit, I'd still be doing it because it's just a part of me and it's why I believe I'm, here yeah yeah i feel like that's what matters not the what type of brush you use or yeah yeah type of just paint figure it out yeah you'll figure it out yeah <laughs> if you really like doing it you know you'll figure it out so on that besides starting an instagram account too early um where do you think beginner artists go wrong they worry too much about what other people think of their work or it just takes time. I think one of the most important things other people or like established artists have told me several is, uh, you know, it really is just about 
you not stopping, you know, just keep doing it. And if it hits, it hits. Some people hit later in life. And I think that is, um, I think that I have always worried about being forgettable or just disappearing um, or being forgettable to certain people. And I feel like it's kind of a, also a way to be immortal which is kind of a selfish thing. but You're living, leaving little babies everywhere. Yeah. And I, I think I was trying to figure it out the other day. I I definitely, I think I've since I've started, I've definitely sold, I'd say close to 10,000 pieces. Wow. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, that is prolific. That's awesome. And it's like, where's all that money? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it was... Very just sold very cheaply, Did but you, I'd rather someone have it. You, know? you mentioned art being a very personal thing, uh, meaning the process is it takes a lot of time. Uh, a lot of that time is alone. H- how did you go about cultivating and growing your community around your art? Just reaching out to people. You mean as far as art, creative friends, or yeah. as far as like building. You could go either way, creative friends or community. I was thinking creative friends, but... Yeah, that's a hard one. I don't think... I think that that's just like uh, creative types are attracted to each other. I can't hang out. I don't. I actually don't have too, too many close artist friends. I, all my friends are creative, though. Um, just different mediums. Interesting. You're the second person to say that this week. Uh, he's a creative uh, writer that I've talked to, but same thing he doesn't like to hang out with people of that. people get competitive and yeah <laughs> pissing contests and i don't like that you know <laughs> yeah i uh and you don't you don't want to you work in an office you don't want to just talk about the office all the time you know True. What I mean? <laughs> so yeah. i don't want to talk about art all the time mm-hmm. i just want to have fun it doesn't matter what i'm doing i don't think um i don't need to talk about it all the time I just, um, it's so much of my time, you know. I don't want to compare with people. If they want to hang out and make stuff, hell yeah. I'm like totally into that. Um, and that's a way to get better at your craft. Hang out with people that are better than you or uh, do different work than you. I don't think it's a struggle with the art community as far as like being supportive and not competitive and like a low-key weird underlining thing that's like about people getting more work than you do or something i think i think it goes back to what you're talking about like the competitive nature of it even if it's like a it's a very subtle thing you don't even know that you're doing it but necessarily but yeah and i don't get I don't get invited to like a, most art things in Chattanooga, which I don't get. I don't like, I'll see people post stuff and I'm like, I didn't even know about that. And it'll be like every artist in Chattanooga that I know. And I just didn't even get it. No one reached out to me at all. And it kind of bums me out. Uh, but what can you do? I'm doing fine. So that sounds like my life too. So. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. What's, What's the weirdest thing you've put your art on? Weirdest, huh? I don't know if anything is weird. It's weird what what is like 
what people like I painted a bathroom uh in um up near Chicago. Can't even remember the city now. But the place was called Broken English Taco. But uh that thing on social media it got like close to seven thousand likes and that was like my most liked thing and it was a bath- <laughs> it was a bathroom stall. And I thought that was odd. That's that's pretty weird. That's great. But I've done a uh, I've had my art put on snowboards. Nice. And and like uh, recently did a full on dirt bike race suit. You think about working with projects. What do you normally say yes or no to? Uh, I say yes to everything. Really? That I can. Yeah. Unless it's now it's if it's worth my time. Uh, I have to be more business minded now as far as money and time. Uh, and what I put my effort into, because I do have to pay my bills. Meaning, like, if you, if it requires traveling, you might not necessarily... I'll do it if it's enough pay. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think about uh, pricing? Not necessarily what you price your stuff at, but, like, how do you think about it? Depends on the medium. Uh, it's funny. Graphic work seems to pay really well, and people are, like, they don't really hassle you on graphic work, but people hassle you on paintings like crazy um really which is interesting to me because a painting i don't do prints or anything and it's like you i don't know if people get that they're buying the only one in existence like there's not going to be another one like this is the only one so it's kind of priceless and i don't i really don't think i price my stuff absurdly high um and i think i'm like decently established now it's hard to you can't value yourself on that. Uh, it, I, I've done that before. It's like, well, people... I want people to have my stuff, so I'm not going to price it absurd unless I just become like... Unless I get into that market. But um, I like people like myself to have my work. And I also will trade for trade and stuff like that. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm curious the when that... Uh, goes the other way like you uh, you no longer have the time to do certain things so you have to price it higher I'm guessing that's how it how it would normally happen or maybe maybe artists just automatically just start pricing their stuff higher and higher as they they go I'm not sure yeah it's got um, depends on the piece to me I go by oh that's what you asked about like pricing Uh, so Paintings usually size, time, materials. Which makes sense. Yep, murals, $20 a square feet, foot, and then uh, materials, and also try to incorporate time and also how like odd the wall might be, so labor-intensive. Um, that's how I price murals. What, but sometimes I'll take a hit just because I want to do it. What, do you remember your first mural? Uh, paid mural, yes. Yes. Uh, that was Birmingham. And it was for 500 bucks for uh, behind Faith's Gate Supply for them. And it was massive. And I did it for 500 <laughs> bucks. Yeah. Nice. And what materials. Was it? Uh I had to like work around this piece that was already on the wall that they didn't want to get rid of. And that was weird because it 
wasn't my style at all. But I think I did a good job. It was, uh, and it was in, right in the middle of the wall. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it just works just around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I did this. I was like into drawing these like kind of like um, tribal uh, people. And so I did this like bearded guy and then like some floral stuff and his beard flowed around the thing I had to go around and then connect it to this woman's hair. Nice. I thought it was pretty cool. That building got tore down, unfortunately, like a oh, year or two ago. That sucks. It was a really cool piece. It's on my Instagram. If you feel like going and scrolling I'll have way to, back. I'll have to try to find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you, this is kind of like a, uh, jumping all over the place, but do you ever get, um, overwhelmed and if so uh how do you move past that uh i probably get overwhelmed maybe daily or or at least a couple times a week <laughs> so, that's good to know from from, from yeah. my perspective <laughs> no i'll just walk in my studio and get overwhelmed immediately yeah M basically because it's a mess and stresses me out uh yeah staying up on shipping is probably like my most overwhelming thing honestly i wish i could pay someone to like ship all my stuff but just yeah i tried that once and i had to repack everything so oh okay yeah that's unfortunate yeah uh how do you normally typically how do you typically handle overwhelm so you walk in your studio you just hit with a wave of to do's yeah take some cbd nice <laughs> that always helps <laughs> yeah. and then uh just you know try to stay calm and uh make a list you know that helps me make a list with boxes and as a, and just take it one thing at a time. And, uh, it's really satisfying to check a box to me. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of a broad question. So take it how you will, but what are some decisions that you've made that have made you into who you are today? Huh? <laughs> That's, that is broad. Yeah. Uh, mm, having a completely mental change, a few years ago how so uh just becoming not so negative is a huge one just realizing that you have control a massive amount of control over your life is like huge i just realized your brain is very powerful this it, you know your life is your thing you can you can seriously make it I feel like I've been, you know, I'm not like financially or anything where I want to be, but I can stay positive and that helps everything. Like having a positive attitude, it's so cheesy, but seriously helps so much. Neg negativity is, is huge. I'm curious. Um, do you have, do you have any tips or tricks on how to get rid of negativity? Uh, one is don't hang out with negative people. <laughs> that helps <laughs> uh that Absorbed was a big one through osmosis <laughs> yeah i definitely cut a lot of people out that were just not good for me relationships realizing they're not beneficial for either of you even if it's romantic is a big one just realizing you deserve to be happy is is big it's not selfish to chase things you want and to chase happiness that's huge yeah i love that uh, I want to respect your time, so uh, I just have like, a few like quick questions. W when you are uh, by yourself, what songs do you sing? When you're alone in the shower or you know in your car, 
Uh, I think I've seen a lot of Chance the Rapper. Nice. And then also Waylon Jennings, which is like completely opposite. <laughs> but I don't like just one thing. Both so. are fantastic. Yeah. I, I haven't listened to Chance's uh, newish album yet. Uh, oh, it's brand new. I think it yeah. just came out. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I just, I've been jamming it. I love his uh, his uh, older stuff. I uh, went to Bonnaroo a few years ago, and he's he's always there, so he, he showed up. I still yeah. haven't seen him live. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it's awesome. It was good. He he was there. Uh, Chavez Gambino was there. Yeah, uh, those are ones I, I jam regularly. Hip-hop, I like hip-hop. Uh, I like how positive it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I like it, like, I'm going to get mine, you know? It, it just... <laughs> It's like pure liquid confidence. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, and I need that. I need yeah. that sometimes. So it gets me pumped. I'd be remiss to not talk about music. Looking at lots of records here on your. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Uh, I bounce around. I've been. I listen to a lot of. Uh, so a lot of my high school years, I was into hardcore and punk music, and uh, that that built a lot of my character as a young youngster. I was in that same boat. Uh, punk, a lot of metal too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I listened to you know a lot of Philly bands in that vein, Balancing Composure, Tiger's Jaw, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been really into this band, Basement, and uh, Pine Grove. I haven't heard of one. I'll have to check them out. What are some other uh, rappers that you like? Uh, that I like. They're kind of mainstream, but. I like Chance. I like Tyler, Tyler the Creator, mm -hmm. Gambino. He's not really a rapper, but love Frank Ocean. Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I like some Drake. <laughs> yeah. Drake is uh, he is prolific. Like he's yes. I was talking to Gabriella about it the other day. He's like continuously releasing stuff. It's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, it seems like also. I don't. I haven't been listening to him as much, and I, if I do, it's usually older stuff. But it seems like even if he's on your track, it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you have Drake on there, you're just immediately like a hit. Yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Hopefully, what, he's a good guy. What uh, What advice would you give to your younger self if you had the chance? S stop being so self-destructive. <laughs> uh, chill out. Not everyone's out to get you sound advice what are some impactful books that you've read recently or not recently well i have i have books everywhere yeah i've I was noticed dharma major. bombs that's uh that's that on my one... to read list i haven't i've read uh, on the road yeah totally different vibe uh on the road is like hard to read to me uh but dharma bombs changed my life it was a pretty pretty big one for me when i was younger of of course, I read Catcher at the Catcher in the Rye at the perfect t age and time, and I think that's essential. As I was like nineteen, and it was perfect. I I, I mean, I know that's like a cliche book, but uh, it's a big one. And uh, but Dharma Bombs for sure. Uh, obviously, I love Bukowski. Mm -hmm. uh, I love all his poetry, and I'll, I found that poem. I'll read it uh, whenever you want me to. Yeah, and. Um, reading one right now that's man, the name is uh, what is it 
I want to grab it. It's in there. You, you want to go for it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you brought a stack with you. Yeah, I just grabbed some uh, big books for me. Um, Dharma bombs. You know, I have pretty much every Bukowski poetry book, and then I like, as far as his. Um, novels i like the three i like are women post office and ham on rye and uh i think they're kind of biographical but they are great and influenced me a lot not like i don't know he wasn't a great guy (laughs) (laughs) he's an alcoholic womanizer but i think his poetry is pretty amazing and uh it's more Beautiful. of his work than his yeah than his lifestyle <laughs> yeah yeah there's something there deep in there yeah. <laughs> um but and then i have uh i'm a big mark baron fan uh attempting normal great book uh really love it so this is one of my all-time favorites uh and he was a major influence to Bukowski, uh john fonte west of rome i haven't i haven't heard of it uh, so good so so good uh love it so much what specifically impacted you about it i just love the writing style a whole lot um the subject matter is entertaining to me it's interesting and entertaining as far as it's like uh a, a man he's lived his life and he has kids and stuff and it's it's just like his kids kind of suck Okay. <laughs> he's a famous writer and he's made all his money and then all that they just like want stuff from him all the time. They're like really shitty. Right. And then he just kind of finds this stray dog and is really bonds with this stray dog. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm excited to read it. Yeah. yeah. I need to check it out. Um, and then what I've been reading recently is really amazing called Cherry. I don't know. I always found it uh, stories about junkies. Interesting. But he has a, he's an addict, or I shouldn't say junkies, but people with addictions. Uh, but it's based on his life. He was in the military, then became addicted to opiates, and then now he's in jail. And he actually wrote this in prison. Wow. Um, really powerful. Interesting. Yeah. But it's interesting because the guy, I feel like really relatable to the guy and he's like, into the smiths and then just kind of doesn't know what to do with his life and just ends up joining the military and then 9-11 happens and then he is in the shit then he comes back and gets into opiates uh to deal with it it's crazy uh to think about like those kind of circumstances and like how just something simple, simple decisions lead you to completely different paths in life yeah and i don't think you come back unscathed from war i imagine mean people have bike wrecks and stuff and have ptsd so right <laughs> <I can't, laughs> can't even imagine yeah. yeah um just a just a couple more questions uh if one of your uh best friends had to describe you in one word what what word that would they use uh hmm. one word loyal that's a good one. I would hope genuine. If you could master three skills instantly, 
no matter what they are, what what would you choose? It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It can be art related or not. Just yeah, yeah. I guess painting would be one. I'm working on that. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard because I'm trying to think of it. It would definitely be some sort of instrument. But I'm trying to really? choose. Yeah. I would. I've always wanted to be good at music. So like guitar or piano or. Be between guitar and drums. Drums, nice. Yeah. So one of those. That's a good one. And then my teenager herself is going to say skateboarding. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. That's Those are good. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, are there, related to books, are there any uh, particular quotes or phrases that you think about often or kind of live... Yeah, I have this poem. Yeah, uh, I, I want to. You want to read it? Yeah, I'll read it. It's kind of length. It's it's not too long, but I'll just read it. This yeah. is what I was just saying earlier. People who want to be artists should read this, and if they don't feel that way, then they shouldn't do it. You know, it's by Bukowski, and it's called "So You Want to Be a Writer." If it doesn't come bursting out of you in spite of everything, don't do it. Unless it comes unasked out of your heart and your mind and your mouth and your gut, don't do it. If you have to sit for hours staring at your computer screen or hunched over your typewriter searching for words, don't do it. If you're doing it for money or fame, don't do it. If you're doing it because you want women in your bed, don't do it. If you have to sit there and rewrite it again and again, don't do it. If it's hard work just thinking about doing it, don't do it. If you're trying to write like somebody else, forget about it. If you have to wait for it to roar out of you, then wait patiently. If it never does roar out of you, do something else. If first you have to read it to your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your parents or to anybody at all, you're not ready. Don't be like so many writers. Don't be like so many thousands of people who call themselves writers. Don't be dull and boring and pretentious. Don't be consumed with self-love. The libraries of the world have yawned themselves to sleep over your kind. Don't add to that. Don't do it. Unless it comes out of your soul like a rocket, unless being still would drive you to madness, or suicide or murder, don't do it. Unless the sun inside you is burning your gut, don't do it. When it is truly time, and if you have been chosen, it will do it by itself, and it will keep on doing it until you die, or it dies in you. There's no other way, and there never was. Wow. Pretty powerful poem to me. That's that's incredible. <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, I think that's a great place to end. Uh, one last thing. One yeah. Alaska ask I like to um, ask my uh, guests that I'm talking to to give uh, the audience uh, either a challenge or a question to to part with uh, so is there any particular challenge uh, you would like the listeners to do or question to ask themselves again it could be art related or or not uh, a challenge hmm I don't know. I think just self-love is important. And I think practice that every day as much as you can. That's a good one. Any particular tips on uh, how, how to practice that? Spend time with yourself. Mm. Um, get to know yourself. I know a lot of people have problems with being alone. Uh, I spent a lot of time alone and I think it's really 
been a been beneficial just knowing yourself people are always trying to get to know other people and uh, i think you just your life and yourself is important so concentrate on it yeah <laughs> solitude is something that i constantly forget about but definitely need when weeks go by and i haven't done it i'm like what what is wrong I'm like i'm grumpy or something just angry yeah. i was like oh i haven't spent a long time with myself yeah yeah it's crucial that's great great yeah. challenge well thank you justin for being on the show appreciate it do you want to yeah thanks for having me sweet that was great thank you Well, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. I appreciate you for taking time to listen to my conversation with Justin. Remember, follow him on Instagram at muteon, M-U-T-E, zero N. And if you want to support the show, support Renaissance Life, support what I do, then leave us a review on Apple Podcast uh, and or you, uh, like, subscribe, all you know, you know the works, all that jazz wherever you listen to your podcast. I don't know if you're aware, but I do a daily blog at Renaissance Life. So check out that if you're interested in more stuff. So yeah, see you next time. Table beat of the week. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for amusing me. <laughs>